Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Now let's turn to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. And last week, we talked about this idea of learning the divine rhythms of grace. How many may have heard that or been here? But I want to use that as a springboard this morning, and really we could call this part two. Um, It's one thing to hear about this idea. It's another to put it into practice and apply it to your life, right? I think I once heard someone say that wisdom is the practice of knowledge. So you can hear things, uh, you can receive information, right? You can have knowledge, but if you don't put it into practice, if you don't apply it, that's not using wisdom. And so I believe that maybe this morning as we, for those of you who aren't here, we're going to just do a a slight recap to kind of get us all in the same flow. Um, But I'm hoping that there's some things you can take away today to apply this to your life. So it isn't just a a sweet Sunday morning message and then you go on with life the same way it's always been. Uh, I believe Holy Spirit inspires us so that we can then grow past where we are on this journey uh, to new levels of maturity. Amen. And so in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus is addressing the Jewish people because Jesus was a Jew. Some people don't realize that. Um, he grew up under the law. He practiced the law. He kept the law. But then he brings us into this new way of seeing things, this new covenant, really, uh, by his blood, by his sacrifice. But he's bringing us into a new way of seeing things, which I believe, because Jesus was God in flesh, incarnation, was the way that God had always intended it to be. So I don't really believe that God wanted to put rules and regulations on a people just so he could keep them in a box. I believe this was a starting point. We talked last week about the fact that these are people who just came out of slavery. All they knew was work, work, work 24-7. And so within this idea of even the law, there was this holy day, this Sabbath day that was set aside for rest. And I think that's important. But then Jesus shows up on the scene and he's speaking to some uh, fellow Jews here. And he says this to them. He says in verse 28, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I love Eugene Peterson's uh, translation here. In other words, are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Are Are you bearing burdens? Look at this. Get away with me, Jesus says, and you'll recover your life. Now, this is a really powerful statement to me. This is more than just, hey, I got a sweet teaching for you on the Sabbath or out here in the fields. This is Jesus saying, I want you to intentionally, by faith, step into something new. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Now, I do like what Eugene Peterson says here because it was a very religious people. I mean, they were abiding by a certain code, a law. It started as 10 commandments, turned into 613 rules and regulations. And then if you add to that, it was in the thousands. It was just a lot of things with good intentions. People saying, okay, well, if we're not supposed to do this, then let's add this to it so then we won't do that. One thing that's interesting is Jesus never said the law was bad. Do you realize that? He said, I did not come to abolish the law but I come to fulfill. And there's a lot of different ideas on that. Uh, One thing that I I was studying out and I think is beautiful is that in that culture, when you would, because here's how they did church. It wasn't one dude up just speaking to people. It was usually done in the congregation where everyone had a chance to talk. 
converse back and forth. That was how the early church was. I think it's an absolutely beautiful way to, to do church. But if someone said, I'm reading the Torah and I see this and this and that, and they would kind of give their idea and interpretation of it, because how many know we're, we're all, I mean, we all interpret the Bible a certain way. If, if one of the leaders in the house or someone heard what you said and they thought that is not doing uh, the law justice, it doesn't make sense, they would say, today you've abolished the law. Whereas if you had said something that seemed to be in flow with what they believe God was saying, they say, today you fulfilled the law. And so to me, I see that Jesus, he wasn't trying to abolish it because there was a lot of abolishing going on in that the context was being pulled out of context, if you will. But Jesus is trying to say, I'm going to show you what I believe it means, what I see in it. And if God's trying to tell you what he inspired to be written, I think we should listen. How about you? But when I see this, he was talking to people who may have been burned out in religion. But I do think that this is something that can apply to us today because this doesn't just happen in church. This can happen on your job. This can happen in relationships. This idea of burnout because you're just tired, you're worn out. It's like you're go, 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 push, push, push. And Jesus says, if you want to recover your life, go away with me. He goes on to say, I'll show you how to take a real rest. I love that it says real rest. Because there's a difference between, yeah, I'm resting. Oh, no, I'm really resting. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it, as any good teacher would instruct but look at this next line. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. First of all, it's not forced. But secondly, there's a rhythm. See, there's a rhythm. Look at this. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. In other words, relationship with me, the divine, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And we talked about this, but deep in the fabric of creation, there's a stillness, there's a peace, there's a shalom, there's this grace. Let me say this way, there's a rest. There's something about resting. And there is this social media worthy thing that's been happening now for years about how bad do you want it? You got to live a legacy. You need to prove yourself, give it 110% every day, push, push, make it happen, Right? And it's so easy to get into that flow. And like I said last week, I think that this is an essential way to live if maybe you're someone who's been complacent. Maybe you're someone who's been slacking. Maybe you've grown up in a household or been with people who always take the easy route and that's what you're used to. It's important to have discipline in your life. You know, living by grace doesn't mean you're undisciplined. In fact, I think grace empowers you to discipline things in your life where you need to. There's times in my life the grace of God has said, oh, that's not according to your character. Let's work on that and work through that together. Why? So you can be the best that I've created you to be. The best self that I've created you to be. You follow me so far? And so it's important that we make goals in our life, right? I have this life. It's beautiful. It's sacred. It's holy. It's important. And I should give myself to some things. I said this last week, but I want to say this again. Having a work ethic is great. It's necessary. The problem, though, comes when that obliterates any sense of rhythm. When your work ethic is just work, 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 and there's no rhythm. I think it's important that we understand this. So sometimes maybe we don't give 110%. Maybe sometimes uh, we need to just turn the engines off. Maybe sometimes we don't give it everything we got, which kind of goes against the grain of culture, especially here 
in the United States of American Western cultures, right? It's all about go, 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 prove yourself, let's do more, it's not enough, let's get more, let's be more. And so we learn what? That this rhythm and flow is biblical. And so we went back to the creation story in Genesis. Creation isn't complete, we saw, without the rest. Genesis 2, 1 through 4. And so the whole universe was completed. Like there's been six days, there's been creation. But look at verse 2. By the seventh day, God finished what he had been doing and stopped working. In other words, he rested. And look at this in verse 3. He blessed the seventh day. He didn't say the first six were great because I was working hard, but the seventh, eh, it's just okay. No, he blessed the seventh day and he made it holy or he set it apart as a special day because by that day he had completed his creation and stopped working. And that is how the universe was created. So we see this rhythm. We see this cycle where it's not just about work, 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 but there has to be a point where we learn to rest. We labor to find rest. Why? Because it's not easy. I would say this, every vacation that we go on, it takes me at least two days to really rest. Maybe three or four. Maybe six or seven. It just depends on what's going on, right? To really shut down and realize that the world will go on if I don't check an email. I Trust me, I tried it. It worked. The world is still imbalanced. The sun didn't shift. The moon didn't move. It was crazy, right? I've said it before, but my personality is, you know, I happen to use, I'm, I'm in the Apple system, you know? And they have these little red circles in the corner of all your things called notifications. And it just sits there and I cannot live with that. I have to go in and click stuff so the red circle's gone. And so during vacation, I have to say, the red circle doesn't matter. Don't look at the red circle. Don't look at the red circle. Yeah, say that enough and you'll look at the red circle. I know. But we need to find that rest, don't we? Now, this word rest in the Hebrew is the word shavat. It's literally the word translated Sabbath. And it means to cease and to desist. It's funny. Every time I say that, I think of the, I got a cease and desist order, you know, or letter. But it's to cease and desist. It's to celebrate. It's so powerful. Think about this. Without rest and celebration, you don't have the fullness of creation. The cycle isn't complete. The rhythm isn't there. Have you ever had a day where you just completely did nothing? I've had days like this. And, you know, you're thinking, I slept in. I I didn't really have anything on the agenda. You know, I had a late breakfast or maybe it was a late Liner, you know, lunch and dinner. That's what we call it in our house. But you didn't really have anything on the agenda. And usually what we call that is I had a lazy day. Which I know what we're saying when we say that, but why do we call it lazy? That's saying that everything is about the work. If we're not working, then we're lazy. As opposed to rest where we're doing the really important thing according to Genesis, according to the creator of the universe, which is nothing. There's times where we should do nothing. Think about it. If you want to get more done, set it down and walk away from it. If you really want to be productive, stop creating. Because true creativity comes from a period of not creating. And so sometimes in life, we need to drop it. We just need to release it. We need to put it away. We need a reset, right? It's like a computer or a cell phone. 
it's so funny because this morning we're in the sound booth and I'm like, what's going on? And Ethan's like, I don't know. I can't get the sound to work for the live stream. When I boot up the app we use, it will start and you'll see, you know, the, the um, what do you call it? The meters moving, the sound meters. That's how much of a sound guy I am. You'll see the meters moving. Um, but, but then all of a sudden it just shut down and wouldn't work and we couldn't get it to go. And I mean, it's 10, it's 10 05 and you know, I have people going, when are we starting service pastor? I'm like, just chill people. We're trying to get online stream. They're like, who cares about them? They should be here. No, they didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't say that, but we couldn't figure it out. And then Aaron, who is just brilliant. I mean, this brilliant mind, he says, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? <laughs> Thank God for IT guys, man. That's the first question. So guess what we did? We turned it off and turned it back on again. And guess what? It worked. Of course it did. That happens with our phones. That happens with our computers, right? Unless it's a Mac because they're perfect. But anyway, but, but no, it's just one of those things where sometimes it just needs a reset. Well, what about us? Sometimes we need to shut down and then reset and start over. But here's the thing. Sometimes it's easier to keep going and going and going rather than to stop and face the root causes of the issues and the circumstances that are going on in our lives. We want to try to fix, fix, fix and work, work, work. And maybe Holy Spirit's saying, just shut down for a minute. Just shut off for a moment. You need rest because we really need to learn the divine rhythms of grace. I was thinking about this this morning. There's certain things that I really love to do in life. How about you? But have you ever had the thing that you love to do more than anything else in the world suddenly lose that luster? Suddenly lose that drive? The drive starts to fizzle? Guess what? That's a sign. That's a sign that you need rest. Sometimes feeling uncomfortable is the Spirit's way of saying, slow down. Take a rest. Come on now. Find the rhythms of my grace. You need these moments. Now, again, I already established you know, earlier that this isn't about, oh, I just get to be lazy. Listen, if you're someone who just doesn't do anything, you, you need discipline in your life. There's moments where there is work. But just like God worked hard, I would say, for six days to create creation, even God himself, the divine, showed the rhythm that you have to have rest involved in this cycle. And so what happens, if we're not careful, is we create a rhythm where every so often we don't drop things. We choose to go on and on and on, and we're not built for that. How about this? What if we create a rhythm where every so often we do drop it? We walk away from things. I said this last week, but it's so important you stop working even if the work isn't done. That's a hard thing for me to do. Just a little bit longer, just a little bit more. And sometimes we need a reminder that it'll still be there. Just stick with it. It will still be there. There's a rhythm and a flow that's built into everything, that's built into the very fabric of creation. And guess what you are? Your creation as well. So this includes you in your heart. This includes me in my heart. And by the way, Rest may look different depending on who you are. What's rest to one person may not be for another. So I think it's important for us to figure out and learn from this flow of his divine grace.
There's a rhythm to it. Amen? Now, I want to talk today about ways that maybe we can apply this to our life for the, the next several minutes. And then we'll release you to go and enjoy the summer day. But, but I want to talk about some ideas and, and really take this to heart this morning. I forgot to remind you of this. If anyone here have the Bible app or the YouVersion app, um, every week we actually put the notes in there. So if you open up the app and you go to the More tab and you select Events, right there, it's like GPS location. You should see Faith City Church right there. And all the notes are in there for you. And guess what? You can even add your own notes to it and you can save it for further reference. So I encourage you to do that. But number one, say number one. It's the number one thing we can do. Learn when to withdraw. This is a learned skill. Something I'm still learning. Uh, something that I still have to hear the voice of spirit on. Because it's really hard to withdraw. Because like I said, for me, there's just, I don't like loose ends. And there's always just one more thing. But Andy, there's always just one more thing. So let it lie, Right? Learn when to withdraw. I love this account in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, News about Jesus kept spreading. Large crowds came to listen to him teach and to be healed of their diseases. Now stop right there for a second because think about this. Jesus was getting to this place where people began to know his name. They knew his ministry. It was something different. It was something new. But look how Jesus responds to this fame and this growth. Verse 16. But Jesus would often go to some place where he could be alone and pray. I think that's just like the coolest like little section there when, when you look at Jesus. Because, you know, we, we think, well, Jesus is the son of God. I mean, he's invincible. Well, he was in human flesh. We see Jesus had emotions. Uh, Jesus got tired. I'm sure in the midst of this, he could be tired. But, but do you see that? It says the crowds were getting bigger. In other words, he became more famous. And then it says Jesus withdrew. He went someplace where he could be alone. What? I mean, that's unheard of, especially in our culture. I mean, here's what usually happens if a church... You know, it, it picks up some, some type of momentum and there's growth and people are gathering and it seems like people are, you know, it's just exploding. What happens? Well, we'd add a new department. We'd add another service. We'd expand our social media presence. But Jesus withdrew in the midst of all that. It shows you the difference between, you know, the world culture and kingdom culture, doesn't it? That doesn't mean that these things are wrong. I mean... I mean, listen, if, if, if it's growing and people are hearing the message and they're growing within, see, I'm more about us growing here than here. You can have a bunch of numbers of people who are just immature and they're not growing. I, I want people to grow on the journey, right? And that doesn't mean that if you're a big church, you're immature and you're not growing. I'm not saying that. But it's important that we see what Jesus does. Things are going really well in his ministry and it says Jesus withdrew. See, I believe that Jesus was very intentional. He knew where he came from and what he was made for. How about you? Do you understand the, the source or origin of your life? Are you beginning to come into a better knowledge of what you're called for, what you're purpose for, who you are? Do you know this, though, that first and foremost, we're made for relationship with the divine? Without that connection, you can't find your place. You can't find your true purpose. Because everything else follows that origin and that calling. 
It's absolutely beautiful. So what did Jesus do? He withdrew. What should we do? Learn to withdraw. We have to have times where we say, okay, enough's enough. I can, I can stop working even if the work's not done. I can set this down right now because I need this time. And I love what Jesus did. It says he got alone and he prayed. He prayed. In other words, he had relationship. He spoke. He communicated back and forth. It's so important that we have this. Amen? So number one, learn to withdraw or learn when to withdraw. Number two, this is a big one, learn when to let go. (laughs) You notice each one of these is a learn because Jesus says, learn from me, watch me. In other words, I'm going to learn you something. I'm going to teach you something here. There's this rhythm. You're not in the rhythm. You're tired. You're worn out. Come to me. I'll show you how to have a real rest, how to recover your life. I love that it says recover your life. It's a life that's always been there, but you have to awaken to it. You have to recover it. Sometimes we forget in the hustle and bustle, don't we? So learn when to let go. Something that I noticed in the creation story is the fact that God not only rested, but God let go. We talked a few weeks ago in our series Out of Context about the idea that God is in control. And what did we find according to scripture? That God actually gave us control. And I I do like that revelation because if God's in complete control, then I have some questions to ask him about mass school shootings that he's in control of and uh, sex trafficking that he's in control of. Well, guess what? He's not in control of those things. See, he gave control to man. And if you think back, if you think about, I mean, every horrendous act, it came from a human being making decisions based on false identity, not knowing who they are, right? And so it's this connection we have to see. It's so important. But I noticed this, that God not only rested, he let go. I thought about this. He created everything, but he wasn't white-knuckling creation. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, right? He was holding on loosely, but not letting go. Every time I think of that, I think of 38 special. I don't know why. But (laughs) that's a great tune. Come on now, everyone go. No, I'm just kidding. We're in church. But he wasn't white-knuckling creation. Think about this. If we are white-knuckling life, then your palms aren't, oh, oh, tell them I'll I'll get back with them later. If we aren't white, listen to this, if we are white-knuckling life, I want you to picture this, everyone do this, white-knuckle, then your palms aren't open to receive grace. See, when we're doing this, this, and this, but do you notice that you can hold things like this as well? But when you're holding things like this, guess what? Palms are open to receive grace. See, the more you're in grasping mode, We all tend to do this when it comes to our belief systems and our ideas and our ways. You're less open to outside inspiration and wisdom. I found this in my own life, right? When you're holding, let's take just religion for, for, you know, denominational ideas. When you hold it like this, you can't hear, even if something inspirational, Holy Spirit's trying to get through. If there's true wisdom coming from, God forbid, someone who believes differently than you, See, we need to get better at this, don't we? What I found is when I went from this 
to this, all of a sudden, there's a, there's a whole world here. But maybe my one interpretation isn't the only interpretation of Scripture. Wow. And at first it was kind of scary. Right, Tom? It gets a little scary at first, right? But then as you walk into it, you're like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Because so many times we're in that box of our religious organization, the Bible college or the school or whatever we went to, and we get scared because even some well-meaning, well-intentioned people tell us, don't listen to that person, don't ever listen to that denomination, and we get scared instead of trusting Holy Spirit. What if Holy Spirit's trying to lead you outside of that box somewhere? That doesn't mean you, you, you leave everything in the box. Maybe grab a few things. No, no, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's cool. This one, ooh, yeah, yeah, I like the gifts of the Spirit. That's cool. I mean, take some stuff with you, but go on a journey with Holy Spirit. Get out of that grasping mode. Sometimes we need to learn how to let things go because what happens is we build up this, I would say, very toxic cycle where we try and then we control and then we manipulate. We try to force things into place. Anyone ever been there? It's where we try and make something be what we think it should be. When we need to realize that that thing, or let me say this, that person they're going to make their own decisions for life and that we can't control it or we can't control them. Sometimes the very answer is right in front of us. The answer is letting go and releasing that person or releasing that thing. Release that business. Release that project. Release that person. Release that child. That's a hard one, right, parents? Because we're well-intentioned. We mean well, but maybe we take some time to get some distance and then we come back. I found that, you know, when I'm right in the middle of something I, with my children and I have a way that I want to, if I'm honest, force them into because I see that it's the best way for them. In the, in the heat of the moment, in the emotional state, the conversations aren't received very well. But when I can take a step back breathe, realize that I can't control anybody. That's a tough one, isn't it? You can't control anyone. God can't even control you. He doesn't want to control you. He wants you to do what you do, what you're called to do because of love and inspiration, right? By his grace. It's awesome. And so maybe in those moments we need to cease and desist. Sound familiar? Ah, Shabbat, Sabbath. This word rest also has this sense of sitting down. And you think about most of us in our life, we're standing up, we're standing over, we're hovering over the thing and the person. And something is speaking to us. Sit down, take a breath, release this. Are you with me? I mean, no wonder things aren't going well. We're so desperate to shape this thing or shape this person into our idea of what it, she, he, they should be, that we run into these issues and we just make it worse. Two words, spouse and kids. <laughs> it's so easy, isn't it? Come on, any spouses in here? You look at your husband and wife and you're like, you know what? I know what you could do better. Right? It, it's easy, right? We live in a culture, and listen, 
as far as I'm concerned, my life is just like the life of Jesus. I want to be as inclusive as I can. Everyone's included. There's no one that wasn't welcome to the table of Jesus. I do have some opinions, right? And I try to line those up. But we were just talking about this yesterday, that we live in a culture today that just, it cancels anything that doesn't agree with it. Now, I believe we should call out social injustice. Jesus did. I think these are important things to do. But it's crazy because it's a culture that will call everyone. It doesn't matter if you did something 30 years ago, apparently no one changes or grows in 30 years. So we're going to hold you to something you did 25 or 30 years ago. It's, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? But I think about this uh, specific time that Jesus said, why don't you deal with the log in your eye before you point out the speck in someone else's? And that's the problem I have with, see, it's different. See, kingdom, what's the right word for this? In the kingdom, there's times where if I see a brother or a sister and, and it's just, and they know my heart, I know their heart, and it's off, and we need to have a discussion. We should be able to have discussions, right? That's not canceling them. That's saying, hey, I see something in your life. Let's deal with it. It's easy to stand back and judge everyone else but not see that you have your own issues. Does that make sense? And so, you know, in with what we're saying here, it's important that sometimes when you look at someone else and you think, man, they got problems, maybe go, ooh, the very fact that I'm saying that, maybe I should turn that back on myself and say, Holy Spirit, what blind spots do I have? Right? It wasn't even my notes, so it must be Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I love what the Apostle Paul says here in Philippians 3.13. He says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. It's so important that we learn when to let go. Sometimes it's letting go and never coming back. Some of us are harboring and holding on to unforgiveness and different issues in our life, and we need to let that go. We need to release that. It's not always easy, and sometimes it could be a daily or several times a day thing where we do it, but we have to learn when to let go. Say learn, when to let go. And number three, our final for today. Learn to trust God's grace. Again, learn to trust God's grace. Wouldn't it be great if you made a decision for Jesus and you had done learned everything you need to learn? But honestly, would it? I've learned through my failings. I've learned through falling short certain things. I've seen those blind spots because of those issues that I've dealt with in my life. How about you? And so I think we need to embrace sometimes the fact that, oh, I, I didn't do 100%. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I failed in that moment because it's in those moments that we learn. The Apostle Paul says this in his second letter to the Corinthians. And I love this because he's going through some stuff in life. How many of the apostles went through some stuff in life? He's going through, through some things in life. And this is the response that God gives him. Verse 9, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Wow. Look at the response of Paul. Once I heard that, 
I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicapped and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my own weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. How many know the apostles went through it? Right? It's not like today, like I'm being persecuted for Christ. Why? Someone unfriended me because I put a scripture verse up. Well, I feel bad for you, but like the apostles went through some real stuff. And then, you know, if that's traumatically, you know, if that's affecting you, then let's get some counseling. But this guy was going through it, right? Look at this. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. That, what a... That's a wild statement, isn't it? Because see, again, in, in this culture, it's all about go, 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 push, 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 give 110%, let's leave a legacy, let's go. And I'm not against a go-getter, but so many times we're depending on maybe our own muscle, our own willpower in these weak points of life. And I believe what the Apostle Paul is saying, in order to handle adversity, it takes complete surrender and dependence. That's what actually makes us strong. Isn't that cool? See, it seems so counterintuitive, but that's the way of the kingdom. So think about this. What are some ways that we can apply rest and celebration in our lives? Number one, learn when to withdraw. Number two, learn when to let go. And number three, learn to trust God's grace. Will you stand with me? As we're standing here this morning and, you know, as the message was going forth today, I know that many of us, Holy Spirit's always speaking, and maybe one of these points, maybe a couple, maybe all are points in your life where you're like, you know, I really need to slow down, and I need to learn from Jesus. I need to see things in a different light. I need to learn the divine rhythms of grace. Me too. Just so you know, when I'm talking up here, it's not because I've arrived. It's usually because I'm being reminded of something I need to work on in my life. Come on, right? But by his grace, we can do these things, amen? So maybe there's something in your life that you need to withdraw from. Maybe there's something in your life, you know, that you're like, you know what, I need to learn to let this go. For some of us, it's just, I need to learn to trust God's grace. How many know trust means faith? Faith means trust. And so sometimes it takes faith to step out into these things and say, okay, I'm going to withdraw and trust that things will be there. They'll be okay. I'm going to let this thing go and trust that that thing or that person will be okay. Especially when it comes to members of our family or dear friends that we truly love and we think that we have a better way for them. Well, maybe Holy Spirit's dealing with them and we need to just let that happen. It's a hard thing to do. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, first of all, for your grace. We thank you for this divine rhythm that you've given to us, that it's good to work, it's good to have good work ethic, it's good to have goals, but we also need to incorporate into this, this idea of rest, where we take time and we get away, we lay that thing down or that person down, where we allow space to be alone and to pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, in fact, I know right now that you're speaking to the hearts of those who are hearing this. And you're showing us those blind spots. That's what I like to call them, blind spots. Things that 
They're maybe not on purpose. You're not doing on purpose. You're not avoiding on purpose, but we just don't see them. I thank you that you are light and you are love, which means light, it's so beautiful, exposes. It shows us things that maybe we don't see, but I love that it's not just light, it's love. It's never to shame us. It's never to put us down. It's always to bring healing and wholeness to us. Salvation, which is deliverance, preservation, health, safety, restoration. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the divine rhythm of your grace. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I hear your voice. If there's any blind spot, if there's any area in my life, in my soul, that I don't see that's hindering me, that's hurting me, show that to me. And Jesus, you're my healer. You're my deliverer. I give you access. I give you permission to work on those areas in my life. Bring your healing virtue. Bring restoration. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Man, God is so good. You know, it's not just on a Sunday morning that we can pray prayers like that. Prayer is just communication, isn't it? And there's those times we need to say, Holy Spirit, is there an area? Oop, I see that. Whew, thank you for not shaming me. Thank you for bringing healing. I receive it. And then we work through that process. So I encourage you throughout the week, whatever Holy Spirit put on your heart, whatever you've been shown, or maybe you didn't see anything, just be, be open to that, seeing something that maybe you've not seen before. But then don't let it bring you guilt, shame, and condemnation. Say, okay, okay, awesome. Something more we can work on together, Holy Spirit. I'm not in this alone. You promised to never leave me and never forsake me. And in those moments, just take those deep breaths. Say, hmm, yep, I'm going to let you work through that. I'm going to let you work through that. Thank you for your healing virtue in my life. In Jesus' name, continue to do that. It's so important. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.